Welcome to the Compassionate Wellness Podcast. I'm Alex Trainer. I'm a nationally board certified health and wellness coach, and I am so excited you're here. The wellness industry is full of do's and do nots, shoulds and should nots, but I like to take a different approach. I'll be sharing all things health and wellness from a joyful, real life, compassionate perspective. If you're ready to drop the cookie cutter approach and create a life you truly love while eating a cookie or two along the way, let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode. I cannot believe that we're already more than halfway through this month. I feel like it's going so fast and I can't believe it. This month, our focus has been on reducing stress and we are going to be continuing that theme today. I want to talk about something that we hear about quite a bit, but I think because we hear about it so often, sometimes the meaning gets a little bit lost or becomes a little bit incomplete. And that topic is mindfulness. So we'll start just by defining what the heck mindfulness even means. And there's, I'm sure, plenty of definitions out there, but the overarching definition that I hear most frequently is that mindfulness is a non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. So really when we're being mindful, we are observing, we are being non-judgmental, which that's the part I think that gets missed sometimes. We're accepting of the thoughts and feelings that we have. We're not judging the experience when we're being mindful. We're also not getting lost in our thoughts. We're not dwelling in past experiences and ruminating on those things. We're not worrying about the future. We're just focused on that present moment, being in that moment and not judging it. The origins of mindfulness come back from like thousands of years ago. It's actually inspired by Buddhist teachings. But when we're thinking of mindfulness in terms of the evidence-based practices how it's defined in scientific literature, the main person we think of is John Kabat-Zinn. He has a doctorate in molecular biology and was a student out at MIT who worked with Zen Buddhist teachers. And eventually he developed an eight-week mindfulness-based stress recovery program. And that's really where we take a lot of these mindfulness principles from. From the research now, being that it has a lot of scientific evidence behind it, there are a lot of things that we know mindfulness can help with. So it has been shown to reduce stress, anxiety, reduce depressive symptoms, can help improve our sleep, give us better coping skills, both uh, mentally in terms of like managing anxiety and depression, and also physical coping skills. They've done a lot of um, research on mindfulness in managing chronic pain, There is some research to show that it has impact on even blood sugar or blood pressure, some of these more internal biometric numbers. So there's definitely a lot of positive things about learning to incorporate more mindfulness into our lives and into our routines. One of the reasons that mindfulness has been shown to be so beneficial to our health and well-being is that you're really training your mind to focus on the present and to be here, be in the now. When we think about stress, and when I think about my own stress, how much of our stress comes from worrying about the future, something that could happen, or the deadline that's coming up, or all the things that are on the to-do list, 
stress can also come from things in the past of worrying about, I shouldn't have said that. Why did I react that way? All these different things that sometimes we kind of get stuck on and it can trigger that stress response. So how do we practice mindfulness? Because I think this is where it gets tricky. It sounds nice and it sounds very zen and and it is. But I think sometimes it's hard to translate these like theoretical principles into actionable items. And so I want to talk about a couple of the ways that we can incorporate more mindfulness into our lives. So the beauty of mindfulness and maybe also what makes it hard, but it can be done in a variety of ways because mindfulness is really a quality of being more than an actual practice, I would say. It does, there are ways that you can practice it, but you can also incorporate mindfulness into activities that you're already doing. So for example, you could go for a mindful walk. You could mindfully eat. That's something that we talk about quite a bit with my coaching calls. You can mindfully wash the dishes. That's actually one of my favorite things. You know, you are in that present moment. You're not worrying about all the different things on the to-do list, just focusing on how that water feels on your hands, the temperature, the task at hand is all that matters. So to be mindful, you're really just doing one thing at a time and paying attention to that one thing and one thing alone. And you will definitely have other thoughts come and go, especially like I think of dishes. That's when you tend to think about all the things you need to do or think about the things that happened into the day. And so that's where the practice comes in of learning to have those thoughts arise, not judge them, just let them be, and then letting them also pass without diving into them or wanting to dissect them and figure out the meaning behind everything or what the action plan might be. Something that I find very powerful with mindfulness is that it also teaches us how to lose focus and then come back to it. I focus a lot on nutrition with my clients, and I think that's such a great skill that we can develop through mindfulness of being able to feel like, hmm, I lost my focus a little bit. All I have to do is come back to it. There's no judgment involved It's just a matter of losing focus, coming back to it, losing focus, coming back to it. And that's a normal part of the process. It's to be expected. And that's something we can really learn from mindfulness and how we are looking at our thoughts as we're being mindful. Okay, so what are the practical ways to start with mindfulness if it's something you're interested in? I'll give you two main practices. The first one is doing a form of mindfulness meditation. And the goal here with a mindfulness meditation is not to turn off your thoughts or never have a thought or clear your mind completely and be completely empty of all outside forces. The goal really is to observe the thoughts and feelings that you have without judgment. Just like we talked about the definition, we're just applying it into our own thoughts and feelings. So the common metaphor that we hear with this is imagining that your thoughts or your feelings are like clouds in the sky. So they will come in, you can notice them, you can see them, and then they will roll out. They're not there to stay forever. They're not impacting you. They're just something that you see, you accept that they are there, and you let them go. To help build in some focus to your mindfulness meditation, you can focus on your breath 
just breathing in and breathing out and the feelings and the sensations that are incorporated with that. You will 100% catch yourself thinking about something. Going into it, just know that that will happen. That's normal. And having that focus on the breath gives you something to come back to. So when you have those thoughts, you can note them, say, oh, I had a thought, and then recenter yourself and continue coming back to that focus on your breath. So that's the skill that you're developing when you're doing a mindfulness meditation. Another exercise you can do to practice increasing your mindfulness is called a body scan. So with this, instead of focusing mostly on your breath or your thoughts, you're going to be focusing on the sensations in your body. So you're bringing awareness to every part of your body. Typically, you'll start by getting comfortable, maybe sitting in a chair or lying down. And then you'll start at the top of your head and work your way down through your toes, almost like, you know, I actually don't. (laughs) The thing that comes to mind is like Mission Impossible when they have like those body scanners that like go up and down your body, but I actually don't know if that's in Mission Impossible. It just sounds like something that would be in Mission Impossible. So some spy movie where it like body scans you, that's what you're doing in your mind. So you're starting at your head, working your way down, moving slowly through each body part and noticing the sensations that you feel. So maybe you feel um, your shirt on your skin, Maybe you feel, oh man, my neck is, I slept a little weird. My neck feels a little bit tight. That muscle is pretty sore. Or maybe you feel discomfort or maybe there's a pain. You are just feeling all these different parts of your body and the physical sensations associated with them. And the goal with this is you're not trying to relieve that tension. When you notice that your neck is sore, you're not going to stop doing the body scan to stretch out your neck or move your body around. You're just learning to notice the tension, acknowledge it, recognize that it's there. We're not judging it. We're not saying like, oh, why did I sleep weird? That was so stupid of me. You're just recognizing it and then continuing the scan. That's it. So that's where it does take practice because we tend to notice discomfort or tension and want to fix it. Then we're judging it that it need, it's something that needs to be fixed. It's something that's wrong. We're not doing that with, with a mindfulness exercise. We're just noticing, observing, accepting, and moving forward. So these are just a couple of the ways that we can incorporate mindfulness. Those are two pretty standard exercises, but as I mentioned, you can incorporate mindfulness into any activity that you're doing because it is more a quality of being. So anything that you do, you can bring a perspective or an approach of mindfulness to it. And so as we are focusing on stress this week and knowing that mindfulness can be so helpful for managing stress, I would just encourage you to really consider how you can incorporate more mindfulness into your routine this week. Maybe looking at what are some of the activities you're already doing that you could practice that mental component of adding that to the activity to give yourself some practice and some time non-judgmentally observing in your day-to-day life. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me and I'm looking forward to talking with you again next week. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Compassionate Wellness Podcast. If this message resonated with you, please share it with someone you care about. 
I'd love to connect with you as well. Follow me on Instagram at alextrainer.coaching or visit my website, alextrainercoaching.com. And as a reminder, trainer is spelled kind of goofy. It's T-R-E-A-N-O-R. For any references mentioned in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes. I hope you have a wonderful day and don't forget to make time for something you enjoy.